Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. This morning's scripture lesson is from Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, but it's better known as the Fourth Commandment. But before we start reading, let us prepare our hearts. O Lord, we pray that your light would pour over these pages and illuminate these old, old words that they would dance with nudeness in our hearts and minds, and that we would be radiant in reflecting your word in our living and serving one another. We also thank you for meaningful work and restful Sabbaths, and may these restful Sabbaths strengthen our relationship with you. Through Jesus Christ, amen. Now remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Ah, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Ah, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day and consecrated it. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. So I want to talk about Sabbath observance today, uh, and I, I know that we are in a series uh, about joy, and I'm just saying up front that they're connected. It may seem like a stretch, but they're connected. I'm saying this because it's going to take me a while to get there, and I don't want you to think that I'm beginning to forget things like what the sermon series is, and so... We will, we will get to joy, but first we need to talk a bit about Sabbath, because what I've learned is that joy is not something we simply experience, it's something that results from spiritual practice. And there are many spiritual disciplines, prayer, study, worship, service, all of these practices can nourish faith, strengthen faith in us. But the one I want to talk about today, the practice, is Sabbath observance. Because Sabbath observance is a means of cultivating joy in our lives. And joy needs to be cultivated. Here's what I mean. In a passage we didn't read, Paul, the Apostle Paul in Philippians, he writes, Rejoice in the Lord. Last Sunday we talked about how we are the source of God's joy. As God's own children, we are a source of joy for God. Paul says God is a source of joy for us. Rejoice in the Lord, he says. Actually, that's what I wish he said. 
What he actually said was, rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Kind of a high bar. Always. Rejoice in the Lord often. I can't, you know, when the weather's beautiful, when the coffee is just right, when your team wins, when you have a good dinner conversation, there are lots of reasons for rejoicing. Rejoice often, I can see that as a worthy goal, but rejoice in the Lord always? How is that even possible? It seems like Paul thinks that you and I could be a little bit like this kid. Take a, take a look. Isn't that great? I mean, you got everything but the snort. I mean, uh, this kid is so exuberant, he just can't keep it in. He's, maybe he can rejoice always. I, I must confess, though, I am not now or have ever been that kid. I don't know if you saw the kid in the green shirt, but he couldn't get with the program. He was giving him the side eye looking like, look, this is just preschool and she's just singing a song. There's no need for you to be falling all over yourself laughing. I'm a little more like that. I, I, I'm a little bit like Alexander. You remember Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? I went to sleep with gum in my mouth and now there's gum in my hair. I dropped my sweater in the sink when the water was running, and now my sweater is wet, and I knew it was what? Going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Then we had lima beans for dinner, and I hate lima beans. And there was kissing on TV, and I hate kissing. And I knew it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. What I love about that book is the mom. The mom in this book speaks great wisdom. She doesn't say, oh, they're just lima beans, it's not that bad. She doesn't say, it could be worse, some kids have to eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> she doesn't say, it'll get better, just be patient. No, when Alexander complains, she just says, yes, some days are like that. Mom is right. We all have terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. If you haven't, just wait. <laughs> you will. So how do we blend this exhortation to rejoice always with the reality that we all have terrible days? And, and not just terrible days. 
We also have a whole lot of so-so days. Not terrible, but not great either. And we have a lot of busy days and a lot of stressful days. And so in other words, we live in a world where many days do not encourage rejoicing. So if we're going to be a people of joy, it has to be cultivated. It has to be nourished. And I've learned that joy is cultivated by spiritual practice. God knows what life is like in this world. And so God has told us, here's what you need to do. Take a day. Every week, take a day and stop. Rest. That's what Sabbath means. It's the Hebrew word for cease, for stop. There's undeniable wisdom here. As human beings, we have limits. We do. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not a bad thing. It's just a reality of being the creature and not the creator. We are finite. There's a limit to our energy. There's a limit to our understanding. There's a limit to our character. There's a limit to all of our capacities. We are finite creatures. And so God commands that we stop, that the normal routine and rush of each day be set aside so that we rest. And that word alone may be what you need to hear today. Maybe all you need to hear today is a reminder that rest is not a benefits package, it's a commandment. God tells us to stop. When Pastor Sally asked the kids, why do we nap? I was remembering my kids nap because their parents were exhausted. (laughs) Maybe that's all you need to hear today is rest is a commandment. But if I understand it, I think Sabbath is about more than simply rest. Because if it's just to recharge, then we're recharging for what? To go back to work. And work is good. Work is important. It can be meaningful. It can contribute to the world. Work matters. But we are not defined by our work, no matter what work we do. And that's the key. The Sabbath is not just to rest, it is also to remember, and not just remember the Sabbath, but to remember what any and every day is for. You see, I, I, I want us to ask this. If we stop, what is supposed to happen to us? What is supposed to happen in us if we observe Sabbath, if we rest? What's supposed to happen in our spirit? What's supposed to happen in our faith if we practice Sabbath? I think it's this. There was a moment in Jesus' ministry when someone came up to him and said, you know, there, there are a lot of rules. There, there are a lot of commandments. Can you tell me which is the most important? What this person is asking is, what am I for? And Jesus says, love God with all that you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what you're for. What Sabbath does is it's, it's a time 
a day to slow down long enough that we can remind ourselves that we have been created for love, to love God and to love one another. And and this is the connection. When you live what you were created to do, it's joyful. It's not always happy. It's not always easy. But it's joyful. We remember what we're for. Joy is a byproduct. This is why God gives us this practice of Sabbath. Sabbath is not just to stop what you're doing, but it's to remember what we're not ever supposed to stop. That we're always, every day, is a day to love God and love one another. That's what we're for. So, I told you last week, uh, I'm sharing some of the wisdom that was part of the Montreal Youth Conference, and last month when I was there, I worked very closely with Reverend Rocky Suppinger. I met Rocky when I first moved here. Uh, He was part of our presbytery. He's now an associate pastor uh, for youth ministry at Fourth Presbyterian in Chicago. Rocky was on the planning team, and he drew the short straw because it was his job on the planning team to uh, shepherd Sarah and I through the keynotes to make sure we got all the details right and, and everything went smoothly. It was a big job, and he did it very well. Rocky told of a woman he knows named Sarah Cunningham. She, too, lives in Chicago. He said that when Sarah's son was a teenager, that, that he came to her and sat her down and said, Mom, I need you to know something, and what I need you to know is that I'm gay. That's who I am. And because you're my mom, I need you to know who I am. And she said, great, you're my son. I've always loved you since before you knew you needed to be loved. I'm always going to love you. Great. Well, it made her aware, though, that that conversation doesn't go as easily in every family. And so in 2015, Sarah attended a pride festival in Chicago, and she went and took with her a homemade button that just read, free mom hugs. And she said she was just there to offer to give a hug to anybody who needed a hug. And it turned out there were a lot of people who needed that hug. And one young woman told her that she had not been hugged by her own mother in four years. And so free mom hugs went from a button to an organization. And in 2018, Sarah put this on her Facebook page. She said, if you need a mom to attend your same-sex wedding because your biological mom can't or won't, I'm there. I will be there. I will be your biggest fan. I'll even bring bubbles. People took her seriously. And she found herself standing with people at their weddings. And the need was more than she could keep up with. So she started recruiting others to be part of free mom hugs. Sarah Cunningham remembers that each day 
is a day to love God and love others, maybe even those you haven't met. But that's what we're for. And when we remember that, when we choose that, joy accompanies. If I understand the text, this is why God commands Sabbath, because God knows you are going to have terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days, and you are going to have demanding days, and you are going to have dull days, and you're going to have busy days and confusing days and stressful days, all of which can distract us, rob us of what we are for. And so he says, you need to regularly take some time to renew your connection with God and with others. So here's what I want to ask of you. Right now, just think. Who who needs to see you? Who, who needs to hear from you? A phone call of encouragement, a text of acceptance. Who do you know that needs to meet you for breakfast or for coffee or to take a walk? Who do you know that needs to be reminded that you love them? If you thought of somebody, grab one of those doodle pads, write their name down, or put it on your, take out your phone and put it on your calendar. You can take your phone out in church, put it on your calendar. Between now and the next time we gather for worship, do something to show love to that person you're thinking about. It doesn't have to be big. It can be as small as a hug. But do something to remind someone else that you love them. And then on your own, just kind of assess how joyful was that. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.